Hello everyone and welcome back to Industry Perspectives. I'm your host Ainsley Bowden and today I'm talking with Colt Eastwood who runs a YouTube channel focusing on games and technology that drive the gaming industry. Now Colt and I met a few years ago at E3 and we had a great time, we had a lot of laughs and so today we're going to reflect on some of those things, talk about E3 and gaming shows in general, obviously talk about his gaming history and what got him into content creation and of course some of the technology itself uh, and the gaming industry. Let's jump in. All right, welcome back to Industry Perspectives. Joining me this week is someone I got to know well a couple years ago. You obviously know him well if you pay attention to our channel or any of the coverage of the industry, and that is Mr. Colt Eastwood. What is happening, man? Hey, uh, a lot is happening, but thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> yes. this is, I mean, it's not really for me. We were just we're talking as friends, so I yeah. guess it's your show, and I get to talk to you again. Um across the internet (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh you know we'll obviously get into it but uh we were just chatting before the show for those watching about how um colt uh that was your first e3 at 2019 right yeah yeah. right and uh you know we prior to that you and i didn't know each other i knew your content but we had never talked um and uh just a, a strange turn of events how the world works in the gaming community and got to know you and uh yeah it's been cool man so anyway let's let Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say we were in line uh, waiting to go into E3 for the very beginning of the whole entire event for 2019. And I think yeah. we bumped into each other, in, you know, in the line and I'm that <laughs> three days of hanging out as friends. Uh, yeah. Right. From yeah. There, it's literally so. just started chatting yeah. in line and then that was it. So which, you know, FanFest had something to do with that, too, which we'll touch on. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, let's 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 back it up, man. Because uh, you know you've you've uh, congratulations, by the way, on the success. Uh, your channel's seen tremendous growth, and uh, it's been cool to see kind of you know just that escalation, right, man. So it's been a, a great probably 12, 18, two, you know, eighteen months, two years, whatever it's been, uh, where it's really kind of taken off for you. So congrats on that. Yeah, thank you, uh, thank you. So, but you know, I there might be a lot of people that um, kind of follow your content or newer to your channel that uh, maybe haven't gone back, right? Or really understood kind of either how you got into it or where why gaming is so important to you personally. So where I really wanted to start is just by talking to you about like uh, your history with gaming itself before content mm-hmm. creation, what got you into it, um, how it became like a, a major thing in your life. Yeah, I'm a really strange um, gamer story, really. <laughs> I started uh, gaming on the Intellivision in the early yes. 80s. Awesome. Uh, I think, I don't know. My parents decided the Mattel and television was the console they would bring home. And back then those were expensive pieces of, uh, of entertainment. I didn't know that back then, but, uh, I really, really liked gaming. And then that thing, who knows what happened to it. And it wasn't until the Nintendo entertainment system came out. I didn't get one until in the late eighties, my parents okay. bought one for us. And I remember uh, that weekend we got it and my mom and dad said, hey, you need to turn that off. You have school tomorrow. And I, I immediately thought, I don't, but I don't want to go to school. And I don't <laughs> want to go to school anymore. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what, what followed, uh, this is such a weird, like, checkered pass as a gamer. What followed That's was cool. for a couple of years, I became a Nintendo freak. Like, I, it's all I thought about and played sure. was Nintendo. Um, so... I was really crazy, and when I got to- started into high school, my younger brother 
made fun of me and he said all my friends and i call you nintendo freako and that really <laughs> embarrassed me so if you can imagine in the early 90s um remember back then it wasn't cool to be a nerd of now course. it's totally cool to like to like comic book comic book movies and and video games and stuff like that um very so different I, today than when we were kids no right doubt. so uh you get you slammed into a locker <laughs> for playing video games so uh, my younger brother, who was cooler than me, he he was making fun of me, and I just I I was playing the Super Nintendo back then, like F Zero and Street Fighter Two, yes. a little bit of Star Fox, and feeling like a you know it ages me, but being like a teenager, being like a sixteen year old, yeah. like sitting and playing those after school was super nerdy. So my brother <laughs> made fun of me, and I just like dropped that that uh light gray purple controller down, and I was like, all right, I'm out, I'm 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 done. And it's funny what followed was I went through high school and I just went out with friends and, you know, dated girls and stuff uh, because I was starting to get old enough to do stuff and drive around and cause mayhem, whatever. So I, I gave up gaming for probably 10 years. Okay. Uh, for the most part. Um, went through stuff and went through college and I, I wanted to get back, in, back into gaming. I played a few games here and there like Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, probably the best game ever made on PC. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I played a little bit on PlayStation, but really for 10 years, I just didn't really play many video games and I didn't really own uh, a system to play on. So I missed the golden age of the RTSs and GoldenEye. I played those oh, occasionally man. at a friend's house. So yeah. there's this, this period where it was really important to a lot of gamers who are like our age or a little bit younger yeah. that I wasn't involved in gaming. So basically when the Xbox 360 came out, uh, there were younger kids who were so enamored by the Xbox. Uh, that's yeah. all anybody talked about. You're looking at and, one of them. Yeah. Right. So I, <laughs> so around 2007, I decided, you know, we've got a couple kids. I've, you know, we, we bought a house, built a house. I've gone through college. Like I owe myself to go back to the thing I've always liked. And so I went and bought an Xbox 360 brand new and bought GTA four. And oh my gosh, I was hooked. <laughs> so I've basically been hooked ever since. And that's pretty much what most people have done. Like they've, they've gotten to a game that really hooked them in yeah. at certain periods of time, but that was like the point of no return. And if you fast forward a couple more years when social media started, I did a lot of talking with people about gaming. I was reading so much stuff that I felt like I knew stuff and I encountered so many people that, didn't they only cursory have a cursory knowledge of what's going on with gaming so they get into arguments but you could tell they don't know what they're talking about and i found myself <laughs> trying to correct people and then i brought in like uh my graphic design background where i could build graphics and say hey this is what's going on uh and show them like a, it just basically built in this thing where i needed to give my voice to gaming uh, in the community, and I built this YouTube channel basically around 2015 or so. Okay, and it just wasn't going anywhere. But I was trying sure. to make production videos, and uh, yeah, it was it's pretty rough. To um, a lot of people know, you try to get your stuff, make it so people can watch and enjoy and learn and get feedback, and and nothing is taking you know hold. Yeah, and uh, a lot of videos with just like 40 views. Sure. Uh, yeah, those uh it's crazy. Really crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh that's a story that uh kind of rings true across everyone I spoke to, whether you're running a site, a channel, mm -hmm. uh no matter what it is, right? When you're just trying to kind of get that started, uh it's it's a grind, man. It's challenging. 
Um, you don't get what you expect. And, uh, you know, even Aces had some similar stories from Game On and uh, Joe, mm-hmm. same thing. So it's just, yeah, I think we've all experienced that. I mean, hell, still do to some degree, speaking on my account. Um, but, yeah, that's cool. So 2015, you kind of uh, take over uh, to YouTube, kind of um, – putting into work to try and get the channel started, get your voice out there. What would you say then as, you know, what do you think helped you turn the corner there um, to start getting, uh, you know, the growth? Well, what I did for, well, what I've done for, for the whole time really was um, when the Xbox one was announced in 2013, I, I mean, I was a big, I didn't consider myself an Xbox fan, but when I had the 360. I just felt like I had a video game console sure. and I would go over to a friend's house and they'd have a PS3 and I'm like, Oh, I mean, these games look identical. Like, mm-hmm. and I just knew that there was a couple exclusives on each, on each console, but I didn't make a big yeah. deal about it. But when the Xbox one came out, there was this massive divide because when they showed it with the TV, TV, TV and the, and the connect 2.0, yeah. I was, I told my friends, I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to get a PlayStation because I just don't feel like this is a gaming console. Okay. So I waited for a little bit and I didn't have the 500 bucks to shell out for a console or 400 bucks for a PS4. So what happened was I waited until Titanfall 2 or Titanfall came out. Okay. And I decided to buy an Xbox because a couple of my friends that I play with every night yeah. said, Hey, we're moving to onto the Xbox one. We'd played call of duty black ops there and, and mass effect online and stuff. So yeah, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll get an Xbox. But what I'm trying to get at was, there was so much animosity against the Xbox brand. And as I played on the console, I really enjoyed it. I thought, man, this console is actually way better than I gave it credit for or that the entire community is giving it credit for. And there's some really cool stuff here. And I hated the Kinect, but man, I loved uh, talking to it and saying, volume up, (laughs) uh, take a screenshot, (laughs) uh, launch this game. Volume up and down was like, um, when when you have a headset on and you're on the controller and you need the volume down, you could just say it. And it was just, it was great. So I decided to build this, um, this channel where I kind of explained what made the Xbox platform great. And what came with it was a lot of flame war stuff on my part and then reaction to people and, it wasn't going anywhere for sure, but uh, <laughs> that's the backstory to your question. Was the, the turning point was <laughs> a phenomenal content creator who was small at the time, dealer gaming. So I was watching this guy every week on YouTube. He put out one to two videos a week, and he had like maybe eight thousand subscribers, which is pretty good. Yeah, and I felt like he was big time because he was banging out these videos he would talk and he had charisma and he had knowledge of tech and i i I would watch his videos on my phone at my break at work and just i was engaged on every one of them and uh one day in uh, about four years ago in march uh, we're coming up on that anniversary (laughs) he he messaged me and said we need to do something about your channel because people aren't watching your stuff's really good and i'm like i was like this is gonna sound funny but i was starstruck because I, you know, agree, con- I'll have to clip this for him. Well, you know, it's like it's like <laughs> all of these people that we talk to in the game community that have channels and and they get a few people watching. Like we feel like we we know them. We yeah. feel like we've gotten to know these people. And we feel like we can relate to them. And when they're getting you know a few hundred people that watch them every week, they. I mean, you walk into a room at work, you can hold the attention of maybe 15 people, but you're not holding 400 people every week. 
right. that want to hear every word you have to say. And so I thought dealer was a superstar. I mean, as weird as it sounds. So, and he was doing really well. So he talked to me behind the scenes. He gave me his number and we talked and he had me change some things and, and refine what I was doing. And he pointed out like, there's certain things that you do really well. You have to capitalize on that. And yeah, I mean, I guess a thousand subs I was at in 2017 in okay. March and now we're March, 2021 and I'm at 130,000. Yeah. So I'm super, super grateful for him and some of my really close friends who have helped encourage me and, you know, told me to keep going. Man. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. Uh, it's good to hear, you know, on dealer's account there, that story you just told, it's nice. One of the conversations I had with Cog over at Lords of gaming, right. Mm -hmm. Is, um, he's the best. Yeah. Cog's great. Um, and him and I talk a lot, uh, you know, and one of the things we talk about often is, um, how there's so many content creators out there who begin to build a platform um, that grows, right? And they start to get that notoriety with followers and subs, et cetera. And then it's like completely forget where they came from, right? In the sense of they're not willing to help or communicate or do anything with anyone who's less than kind of big known. You know what I mean? Um, and we had a really good laugh about that a couple of weeks ago when we talked for this, for his episode. Um but that's why it's good to see my point being that's why it's good to hear someone like dealer just reaching out to you and not really even knowing you, but reaching out to you and just saying, Hey, you're doing good work here, man. Let me see if I can help you out. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. It, I mean, he changed my life. He really did. Um, at, at the time, uh, the job that I work, the full-time job I work at, like I just wasn't going anywhere and I'm kind of in the position where I can't really promote. So I was having a really hard time trying to become something or accomplish some things that I really couldn't do. And it was just, and I was doing the YouTube thing on the side and I'd made a few bucks here and there, but it wasn't the money. It was the recognition and the accomplishment and, and the attention that I really wanted to get and for people to see my work because I do graphic design as part yeah. of my job. And it's really cool. I I've, I've made posters that are like this to like billboards and I've, be able to see them out and around, which is really cool. But this is some something totally different that really fulfills my life and has changed the life of um, my family in a lot of different ways. I can and, imagine. Yeah. And when you said Cognito, uh, yeah, I am super fortunate that I got to go and have lunch with him um, in, I think it was October. Yeah. Uh, I've seen the pics. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he lives over on the East coast and he flew over to Washington to, to do something and see a couple friends. And we drove three hours to go up there for my family and I to hang out just so I could have lunch with someone. This is so funny to have lunch with someone that I know on the internet is like the coolest thing because, you know, we we're a little bit older. Like we didn't grow up. <laughs> we are, we internet, can say it. Right. <laughs> yes. And so meeting you and, and talking to you, somebody that we only knew over the internet, mm -hmm. I think that is super cool. It and is. it's uh, something like our generation was at first, we were a little bit scared of. <laughs> we were, we were. I, uh, so years ago I was really big in the gears community. Um, and yeah. I knew some of the mods. I knew some of the people that worked at Epic at the time when Epic owned gears and I played almost gears almost every night. And one of those people, uh, I used to live on the East Coast as well, actually not far from where Cog is now, funny enough. Um, but one of the uh, mods who I played with every night, her and her husband, uh, I got to know them from Gears, and they lived up in Niagara Falls. And I remember 
it was about 2008. And I remember um, going up to stay a weekend with them. Uh, me and my now wife uh, went to stay up a weekend. And I just remember my mom, of all people, just telling me, like, do you really know these people? You know, they might they may just be trying to draw you up there so that, you know, they can do bad stuff. And I'm like, Mom, it's, it's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, it's just it's yep. a different environment, I think, uh, even from then, from 10 years ago. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into E3 in a little bit here. But uh, after E3 was over on our way home, we drove from Washington down to California on the way home at, up toward our halfway stop. Uh, I met Jay Fonzarelli in person. Nice. Yeah, so, Fonz, good people. So he lives in the Bay Area, so he drove about an hour out of the way to meet us on the on the way up. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it's funny because he joked with me when we met up. They he has a couple of kids, we have a couple of kids, and our wives were there and everything. And and his wife and him were kind of half joking to each other, but half serious, like. Do you know this cult guy? Like, what if they're <laughs> what if they're cannibals? You know, what if they want to eat us? You know, <laughs> and it's funny because they kind of half mean it because we come from we were grew we grew up in the eighties. You know, you didn't yeah. go meet people, you didn't go meet a pen pal. So no, uh, no. <laughs> but and even even like all the early movies when internet started to kind of grow, all the early like movies were about meeting people online and getting killed or you know never being seen again. You know, it's just a fear that was driven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I know I know for people that are younger, of course it sounds funny and and we only <laughs> half mean like if you're scared to meet people and from the internet, but it, it's kind of a thing you grow up with for a while. It just it it feels funny to uh, meet people online. Now I am I cannot wait to meet more people. Yeah. I've met so many hundreds of people that I know just from Twitter and from YouTube comments and you name it. Just playing on Xbox Live, like it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think that's one of the best things about the community. Um, in fact, I'm working on a piece right now, my next piece, which speaks to that a lot. Um, you know, I, I know you're the same way and we've played a few games together here and there. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, there's a group of people that I game with almost every night now, anywhere from six to eight to ten people. I've never I've only met one of them in real life. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that. And we talk all day, every day um it's just you know it's the nature of it it just brings people together and that's one of the aspects i really love about it so it's cool yeah it is. so um you know we touched on uh uh your channel and how you got into it and all that so what's uh you know do you continue to still feel the drive that you've always had you know you talked about getting into wanting your voice to be heard and kind of using your background in in uh, graphic arts and um, and some other things, your kind of knowledge of uh, certain aspects of uh, the industry and gaming to get your voice out there. It's obviously taken off like we talked about. Do you still have that same kind of drive to do that on a daily basis? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's all-consuming, actually. Um, okay. It, it It's so crazy. Like, my, my wife and I go on our walks in the morning with the dogs, you know. Yeah. He always makes fun of it and calls it the video walk because half the time I'll talk about YouTube stuff. Um, I also work pretty closely with Randall Thor, yeah. who's amazing. I can't wait to meet him in person. But he makes uh, you know two to four videos a week, and we talk on the phone about what he's making. I create his thumbnail for him, kind of okay. help him. Uh, I used to help him a lot more, but now we just talk it out. He does a lot of stuff on his own. Sure. Uh, he's learned so much. But as friends, like we're just constantly working with each other and giving each other ideas. So it is all consuming. And I try to make a video at least once a week, sometimes two, 
but it's something I think about a lot. And in my regular career, my full-time job, it's sort of uh, public outreach, community manager driven. Okay. Uh, and then I do graphic design is one of the things that I provide as far as making products. Uh, producing things. So I have videography and video production and graphic design, and then the uh, community outreach, um, you know, experience for my job. And that pours into the work that I do. Like when I hear stuff that's going on with studio acquisitions or marketing and messaging that Xbox is trying to do, or that they should be doing, it's natural for me to speak on experience that I have working on big projects for my full-time job. So, um, it can also be frustrating because a lot of people <laughs> are just gaming fans yes. and then they look on the outside. And if you're not, if you, I'll put it bluntly, if you don't like Xbox and you don't understand how the business works, it's easy to take a jab at how Xbox is doing something or how they're not doing something right. And just say, ah, blah, 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 blah. and then I look at it like, well, you no, that's not how it works. Like the marketing has to approach it this way. You you can't alienate a bunch of customers to please a small group of diehards. Like, of course. And uh, that's the that's a difficult decision. The, the the problem with PlayStation, and it's not a problem. The best part about PlayStation is the things that they're doing funnel in to meet all of the customers, but also satisfy the diehard fans. Mm -hmm. So there's always a major divide. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think it's. It's crazy that way. I can imagine because, um, you know, I, I you're talking about drawing parallels to what you have uh, obvious knowledge in and what your career is based in. Right. To the aspects of the gaming industry um, that apply to that. And uh, in my case, you know, I'm a, a tech guy. I work uh, in infrastructure, customer application development, et cetera. So all the time you'll hear me talking about uh, things like xCloud, right? Or or mm -hmm. where the future is going and why Microsoft is focused on this. And people are like, well, why are they doing that? Well, it's because of this, you know what I mean? Um, and it's, you're right, there's a, we, we could talk all day, I'm sure, about the the gaming, the passionate gaming fans who- But you, uh, but you can see it because of your work experience. Like you can look, wow, my TV just- <laughs> Yeah, you just got really damn, bright all of a sudden. Holy smokes. Uh, <laughs> It, it does that when I'm on PC. I my I have a big uh, OLED TV that's also yeah. my monitor, so I'm just right up on it. And now I'm okay. a, a glowing angel. Uh, <laughs> you, I mean, you understand that. I mean, speak on that because you look at not just XCloud, but you look at the infrastructure coming for game streaming. Yes. And some people may say, "Oh, it's not going to work because right now it doesn't." So <laughs> tell us what tell us what you expect in the near future. Oh. Well, you're turning it around on me, are you? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is a discussion. And no, I know. I know people I'm need joking. to hear it because I, mean, I think they, they think of now or they think of on live in 2008 and they think, yeah. oh, well, that's not going to work. But yeah. you know a little better. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. This quote sticks out in my head whenever I'm faced with this kind of conversation. It's from Albert Pinello, who you know. Yes. Uh, ex, got to meet know, him, luckily. You did meet him? I got to meet He was having lunch with... Uh, Tim Dog, who's another great person we yeah, know, yeah. and I walked up and he introduced. So I got to talk to him for a couple minutes. And I feel extremely grateful because he's done cool stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah he's, talk about Albert. So if you don't know who Albert is, he's a um, ex kind of lead engineer at Xbox, uh, who is now at Amazon Luna. In fact, I talked to him a few weeks ago, <laughs> um, and we're gonna be, uh, you know, I'm hoping to talk to him about Luna in the future because of what we're referring to here, right? Streaming and cloud tech and things. Um, 
But yeah, I it, the quote from him, which always stuck out to me, and I'm going to mess it up, but the, the essence of it was that never believe something can't be done just because it hasn't worked before. <laughs> um, you know, something to that effect. And it was like, absolutely. It's like, you know, years ago, we wouldn't be having this conversation like this. You know, if, you know, 20 years ago, say, yeah, I'm just going to talk to Colt on video and then throw it up so everyone can watch it. It would be know, like a couple hours later. <laughs> it would be yeah, yeah. right, right. Grow me but, crazy. You know, it just people are like, oh, that can't be done. They've tried to do video online. It doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, that's not how technology functions, right? So the the tech that Amazon, Microsoft, and Google, I mean, those I always say those are your three players, right? Those are the three that own from a cloud infrastructure standpoint, 85%, if not more, of you know, business level cloud with Azure for Microsoft, of course growing uh, exponentially, really. I mean, Amazon's number one, and then Microsoft's kind of catching them. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, we, we don't have to get into those details. But the point is, is that, uh, yeah, the technology may not be the, the, the best today, especially when you're talking globally, because when you start to talk uh, remote locations, it gets more challenging, of course. Um, but it is coming. And believe me, there will be a day where the, the vision of play any game you want on any device anywhere it'll be a reality it will happen i mean well, it won't then extinguish a lot of arguments <laughs> people will tell me i'm crazy or it won't work because of x it'll work it's coming um now there's a, obviously no time frame that depends on a whole number of factors right um but for instance one of the things i refer to more recently is xbox's um deal with south korea telecom um, to because you know they're looking at these Asian markets, right? The, as I always say, the play in Japan, Asia, and really potentially China to a degree um, is is getting people on their mobile devices, right? And and you don't do that through people talk about selling consoles in Japan. That market's dead in Japan. Yeah, that's it's it, it's it's that's old news. Um, so that that's the play. And yes, for to your original question, we could talk about that topic forever because that's near and dear to my heart. But to your original question, it is coming. I know we've been talking about it for years, but things like these don't happen overnight. It takes years and years and years. Um, and uh, I think that uh, as, as much of a punching bag as Stadia is right now. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. yeah, which we won't talk about. But as much of a punch bag as it is, I mean, there are people who play on it. It does function. Never mind the business decisions over here, right? Mm -hmm. But the technology functions. X the technology functions. is has impressed, yes. Yes. So uh, it it can and will and is being done right before our eyes. And it, it before you know it, it will become a reality in people's lives for sure. Yeah, and I remind people about that on live service, which was a PC based, you know, browser based yeah. like instant game access. And uh, I mean, it kind of worked. For yeah, it was it was revolutionary at the time. It really. And was. then I remind people, what kind of internet did you have in 2008? I think I we had just gotten DSL at home, and we were late to the party. So okay. I, I bet a lot of people were on DSL back then, and I don't know yeah. what the speed difference is between what we're we're usually getting now. And then when you said it doesn't really work in remote locations and with modern game streaming, uh, one of the re one of the uh, realities that people have to understand is people who live out in remote locations, they don't expect cutting edge right. uh, um, experiences or uh, they don't expect the impossible. It's, it sucks to say that, but like if you live in an area where your internet is really crummy, like my brother lives across town. He lives just outside of where everyone gets internet. 
So he okay. gets like the satellite internet and it's just not yeah. great. And he pays a lot of money for it. Yeah, and it uh, consistent, but you know, he doesn't, he's not, he's not a person who's gaming or looking for that sort of thing. So yeah. um, it's everything isn't for everybody and it never will be, but there are people who are fortunate to be in the right place and they like the right thing. And why hold that away from the people, from the millions of people that can enjoy something like game streaming, because not everyone can do it. That's just not how technology works. It will spread and it will build. And finally companies will go out and they'll stop, start pulling fiber where you never thought fiber would be. And yep. it's just how yeah. it works. Yeah. And it's, it's all to capture a bigger percentage of the overall potential market. That's all it is. Consoles have a finite market. Even PCs have a finite market. Right. It doesn't feel like it though, does it? Like it feels <laughs> no, like it doesn't. <laughs> millions and millions and billions and billions of people are playing on Steam and they're playing on yep. consoles and everybody has a DS somewhere. But uh yeah, it's it, true. It's true. I, I hate it when the, people the say we're well, a just... niche market. We feel he- like a huge community, right? That's what it is, right? But yeah. I mean, on the level that we're talking about, when you talk about the Amazons, the Microsofts of the world, right? There, those markets to them are niche. They're looking at the world. Right. There's yeah, seven and a half billion people. How are we reaching all of them? That's yeah, how that's, they're looking at it. That's part of what I talked about. I did a video uh, yesterday about Phil Spencer's mm-hmm. work up to the industry. And, you know, he had to deal with Microsoft telling them. I mean, I don't know. Ex- we don't know what was said, but I can sure. really assume that some of the leadership at Microsoft is telling Phil they're there, you know, Xbox is a, it's a little niche pocket. Like you guys, do, you guys make great money, and it's a great thing that you're doing for hundreds of millions of people, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll give you some money, but I think you you've got enough to hold you over right now. And and Phil understood that that wasn't enough; that they needed to build games. And um, and it's funny looking at the beginning or mostly the entire Xbox One era. They really didn't have money for games and they barely had anything made and they were paying for some third-party deals that most of their exclusives outside of halo gears and forza were third-party deals like rise quantum break recore titanfall titanfall dead rising yeah. uh four rise yeah. of the Tomb Raider timed exclusive i mean that really paints the picture of the xbox one was and now you look at matt booty out there managing will soon be 23 studios it's uh oh man, thank goodness for that because you need, <laughs> you need yeah, that think, competition because yeah, no doubt Xbox no doubt. had lost that generation so badly that PlayStation came into this generation with a five hundred dollar console and said our games are seventy dollars. Yep. And if Xbox had been had to tap out midway through the generation and not put out the Scorpio or say you know we're just going to be third party where our studios aren't going to make games. Um, PlayStation was asking for $80 a game and they, they came to an agreement for 70. Like you need that competition. Nintendo is killing it and they won't lower the price on their stuff. They, 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 <laughs> hey, Nintendo's Nintendo's out here, man. They're the right. Yeah, Nintendo doesn't, doesn't, don't you know, they don't care. calculate, right? But they're doing phenomenal. <laughs> and Nintendo yeah. can say, Oh, you want to buy Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch? Because we bought it at Christmas this of you know, a few months ago. It's still 60 bucks. Yes, it is. Yeah, and they so, sold 30, 32 and a half million copies of it, which is a Wii U game, by right, the way. Right, right. A Wii U game. Um, no, you're right. We we need the competition. And I think that's where, you know, when people kind of go off at the deep end with these conversations of, uh, you know, I want oh, uh, that, Microsoft to end everything or PlayStation. It doesn't matter who you want to end everything, right? It's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, no way. The reason Xbox is the where it is today 
is because they got punched in the mouth. Um, and it's yeah. part of that conversation from the Xbox One. And what people don't realize, to your point about content, because content is king. Yeah. Um, it's the reason you see all these Netflix originals, why Prime or oh, Hulu, yeah. all these are investing in this, right? Um, why the Halo show is now Viacom is moving it to Paramount Plus is to get people subscribed right. to Paramount Plus. Um, that was news last week. But, you know, going back, people don't realize the PlayStation 4 generation and how it kind of uh, had those tentpole titles. I know you, like me, right, are a big fan of uh, Horizon. Zero Dawn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Horizon Zero yeah. Dawn great. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorites, right? And games like, of course, God of War always gets talked about. But those big tentpole games, the planning for those wasn't done like two years prior. All of the foundation for those studios was during the PS3 era. Um, when you talk about Sony, Santa Monica, et cetera, it takes, takes a long time to invest and get studios like that to running, you know, the kind of, uh, marathons to get those triple a quality games out. And that's what we're witnessing in real time with Xbox, right? They're doing and it takes that. not two years. It takes five years yeah. for a triple a game to come out. That's yeah. like a high rated quality, fully finished and fully featured game. Like horizon zero dawn or Spider-Man Spider-Man 2018 was my top game of, of the PlayStation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like it just, it had the production values. It looked incredible. It felt great. It was like, uh, it was like Batman, but faster and, and <laughs> yeah, open world yeah. like Arkham city. And it, it was a great PlayStation title and yeah. Xbox put out these, uh, games that were planned for a while, but yeah, they were, they had a, a different idea of what gaming should be when they were at their peak. And I yeah. tried to tell that story with the Phil Spencer uh, videos that they were at the top of their game with the 360 and yeah. they started pushing that connect stuff with, with, um, Connectimals and Dance Central, great game by the way, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and they just kind of the TV. Uh, we've gone over a million. Yeah, times. we've gone over it a million times. But it kind of goes back to the point. Microsoft's vision is reaching broader markets because you know as well as I do with the Xbox One, their thing is we're going to reach two hundred million households, mm -hmm. um, and, and their focus to do so was bring games, their success of three hundred and sixty along, and add. TV connect and all these other things. And we know right. how that, that blew up in their face. But when you say it, it like that, it actually sounds like a cool idea. <laughs> We're just going <laughs> to add all this great stuff. with the TV and <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's the, uh, you know, the best intentions, right. As they always say in business. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely been interesting to witness, but, um, yeah, great conversation. I, I, it, it does amaze me going all the way back to the original point we were touching on, which is, you know, there are a lot of gaming fans out there who truly love gaming, love all consoles, love all games, doesn't matter. And they love being part of that conversation. But what I always tell people, it's like there's too many people that talk on things like acquisitions or or technology or infrastructure, cloud gaming, you know, whatever it may be, where they really just don't have the experience to be talking about those things. It becomes becomes an echo chamber, right? Because then it's like a snowball rolling downhill and you just see it spread. Um, and it gets yeah, it we're all, get a little exhausting at times. Yeah, we're all armchair developers, armchair yes. uh, in you know uh, design and software and hardware engineers. Yeah. And we, we wear a lot all, of hats. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> uh, some of us, some of us know more than others. Some of us just want to make other people mad. That's true. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, and in the past, I've done way too many, uh, you know, trolley jabs and stuff. I try to back it off. I also try to enjoy it and, and keep it lighthearted. I have some friends who, 
could do it on a you know a daily basis, several posts a day, just uh, riling people, you know, and just uh, yeah. I mean, I've done it way too much. Uh, you know, today somebody got <laughs> today. I told someone, you know, I was like, I'm, you know, I don't understand. Like, you're constantly have an argument against anything positive. I have to say, you you grief anything. You tell people that they that you don't like it and not everybody likes this and and why are they doing this when they should be doing that? It's like, you just seem to challenge everything I say. And I said, it gets really old, man. Not everyone wants to be as unhappy as you are. <laughs> and, you know, it comes off as, as a rude thing for me to say, but I really feel like there are people out there uh, in, in any aspect, but in the gaming community that just don't want people to enjoy what they enjoy. And yeah. um, I just Not think it's okay. Gaming, right. It's across all kinds it's, of yeah, it's across anything, but yeah. I'm, I really only stay in the gaming space as far as social media. I don't get involved in any other, yeah. uh, any other types of topics. I think I'd probably uh, go crazy. <laughs> Me too. Me too. And yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's okay to mute and block people who really just want to waste your time. And I also, yeah. I don't think it's soft to block someone. I think what's, what I've learned I have a lot of eyes on me because I've grown a certain amount sure. of followers and there's a lot more people who are critical what I have to say. And that happens to anybody that gets some eyes on them. But I think the soft is rolling over and letting people waste your time and grief you and the people that you interact with. Completely agree. So um, I've tried to do better and uh, I've got a lot of people watching uh in the gaming community that follow us. Like I know you're followed by a lot of people who make games, who work behind the scenes, yeah. who work with the people that work behind the scenes for gaming. And um, it's really important to just snuff those people away because they'll just waste your time and, and drag you into a worthless argument. Yeah. You're 100, so. 100% spot on. Um, I say it all the time um, is, you know, I have over a thousand people muted now um, and I, I mute people every day. I just, I, I don't respond. I don't, it doesn't bother me. You know, I, I tell people all the time, look, you know, not to get personal, but I've been through an awful lot of my life. Yes, Someone on the no. internet talking to me about my opinion being wrong or something. You, you can't phase me, man. You just can't. Yeah. You get muted and I just move on. Um, it's not worth the time. And and to your point, when you do start to get eyes on you and you, you have a lot more than me, obviously, but um, there is a, to your point with developers and publishers and, you know, I'm running, you're running a channel, I'm running a site. Um, yep. You know, there's a level of professionalism that mm -hmm. is kind of expected there too. And that that's what I'm, I'm here for the gaming community, the good in it, the positive and, and content creators, right. Uh, including developers and people like yourself. Um, all these other people who just want to chatter and argue, I don't have time for it, man. It's no, I really, uh, I'm a proponent for if you don't like something, like you can say it once and move on. Like I don't play a lot. We have two Nintendo Switches in the house and I don't play on them a lot. And there are games that are big that I've tried that just didn't grab me. You'll never hear me talk about them because it's not really the, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Like, <laughs> we, were, we were growing up, we grew up on that. Yes. It's just like, why do I need to talk about something if I don't like it? Like it takes it takes energy that you could be doing something else with. Like it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Like why would I take time out of my day to tell someone that the thing they like, I don't like? Why does that matter? Why would that ever matter? I'm, I mean, it seems obvious, right? But like <laughs> when when games come out, let's take the medium for example. Medium yeah. came out. It got a seventy or seventy-one, which means yeah. I reviewed it. Yeah, which means it's a good game. I, 
I'll put it the best way. It's a good game. You know, it's an, <laughs> it's better than average, you know, or it's an average good game. Me personally, I, I played it for an hour and a half. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to finish this. This isn't my type of game. Fair. So I, I might say, and of course, somebody asks you, you can say something, but I might just say, I tried the medium. It's not for me. I really yeah. don't have any, anything other to say, but you'll get people say, that game is trash. Or I play that game. That game looks like trash or visuals look like trash. That gameplay is trash. It's like, there's so much of that. And yeah. I feel like I fight against that all the time. I usually yeah. just try to give people uh, a reasonable response and correct them. And then I always hear back something even more unreasonable. And it's like, <laughs> mute. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. lately, I-, I went and looked up my numbers. Um, I have 2,600 people blocked. I thought I had like 10,000, honestly. <laughs> I-, I blocked so many people who harass me, insult yeah. me because I like Xbox, insult my content or my work, or insult my preference, which is super weird to insult someone's preference. Like, yeah. if somebody loves playing NHL 21 and I don't like hockey games, like, that's me, actually. It's so weird. Like, why would someone <laughs> say, you play a game like that? That's trash. So uh, anyway, uh, why did I even bring that up? But I, I, <laughs> late, lately, I'm just like, if I see the way a person acts, they're going to act like that all the time. I can exactly. look at someone's time. Cognito taught me this. You look at someone's timeline. If they have like 10 posts and none of them are talking about what game they're enjoying, yep. you're gone. Yep. Cognito's the best. <laughs> no, he, hey, I mean, he is. Yes. So, yes. yeah, I mean, they're doing their show on Sunday. I would encourage anybody who knows about Iron Lords to uh, – to check in they're gonna have a special uh broadcast for their stream on sunday so anybody who follows ainsley and i should go and check that out drop in say hi and give support to this team you'll know why when you get in there yeah yeah and i i mentioned it on a stream last night i did i started the whole halo saga again uh before mm-hmm. everything it comes up and uh mentioned it i talked to cog this morning so um yeah it's it'll be a special one this weekend yeah so um, this will go up before then. So if you're listening to this, uh, please, uh, please tune in. It'll be Sunday, Sunday morning on the, uh, in the States and, uh, Sunday afternoon in the UK. I'm trying to learn this cause I yes, talked yes, to the game on yeah. daily guys who are in the UK. They're, yep. they're in London and I talked to them quite a bit. So I'm trying to get more aware of what time it is on the yeah. other side of the planet. Yeah, ah, cause you're, so yeah, cool. you're all the way out West too. So yeah. it's, uh, eight hours, I think to England. Yes. Eight here. hours. So I got to yeah. do the math. And I'm like, Ah, uh, you know, you got a twelve hour clock, and you got eight, eight <laughs> four. Carry the carry the three. <laughs> oh man! So, um, yeah. So let's you know, let's talk about game shows, uh, and we can talk about E three, of course, um, because I, you know, that's obviously how we met, and uh, we touched on it briefly. But yeah, so twenty nineteen E three um, lined up for was it E three or Fan Fest? We were lined up for. I thought it was Fan Fest. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, it was Fan Fest because E3 started the next day. That's right. Yeah, thank I, you. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. You're right. No, you're right. That was beforehand. So lined up for Fan Fest, and there are a bunch of the community that anyone listening to this will know, right? I mean, it was me, you. Um, obviously, the Iron Lords were there. Boom was there. First time I met Boom and hung out with him, too. Um, just a whole bunch of people that you likely know. And um, yeah, we, I remember going in the auditorium and we were kind of all sitting in the same spot and I know we were having a good laugh and everyone was in really good spirits. I forget what the hell we were joking about. I have so um, many good stories. Uh, yeah. You got to unleash leash me on this one. No, you're, you're fine, man. We'll share them. Um, uh, so, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, that, that's how we met and, you know, got to, got to know each other. But um, yeah, I mean that, 
those times and let, let's go ahead and jump into some of those times so you can share but um we'll talk about the COVID impact and you know the disappointment mm. in 2020 and and now yeah. this year as well which sucks but yeah man let's let's reflect on the good times and why we you know people like us really get upset about e3 i know there's a bunch of people online who are like ah e3's gone doesn't matter it, it oh matters. yeah yeah there are there are yeah uh, and if you've if you've been there and had that camaraderie with people you you understand why it matters yeah it absolutely matters so um i haven't really paid su- such close attention to e3 until the past few years uh probably the past five or six years and okay. so I thought when I channel started to grow, I thought it'd be great to go. And I was so fortunate that I was invited to fan fest. Um, so when we went, uh, we were in line outside the building and we're supposed to line up and get in and register and get our, our, uh, lanyard, whatever you call it. Yeah. It's right here. Yeah. I see. I see it on your, uh, on your screen. Mine's (laughs) hanging up opposite over here. I've got a whole, uh, I made like a whole collage too. It's on the wall. Nice. Um, yeah, I went with my wife. I asked her if she wanted to go. She, she uh, so cool. Like, I didn't. She doesn't like video games. or doesn't play them. But she had so much fun. So we went and waited in line, and we we're just kind of talking on the outside of the building. And I heard a couple people go, "Are you Colt?" Like they recognized <laughs> my voice while I was talking to people. Yeah, that was really cool. And then we met uh, waiting outside that line. Like you said, I met Boom, King David, yeah. Cognito. Uh, Oh my gosh, so many people. Yeah, so many people I'm going to forget too. Yeah. Tim, and so, obviously, Tim's there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim. So, Tim and I had been talking. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we go in the building to meet. And this is the funny story I want to tell. Uh, Tim Dog said, Colt, you're going to, you're going to love E3. They have, like, they have a whole spread for breakfast. They have bacon, eggs, sausage, toast, hash browns, you know, orange juice, <laughs> you name it. And uh, so we left the hotel. I was starving. We wait in line. We get in there and they had a table full of room temperature Dasani water and some donuts. <laughs> they sure did. You're right. <laughs> and I was like, dang it. And of course I didn't want to look like a pig. So I grabbed one little donut and, and the bottle of water and uh <laughs> we're sit so they shuffle us into this movie theater yep. um to as like a holding spot before we went into the actual big event center and we're waiting in there and i had my water bottle and i put it um on my seat between my legs and the the lid wasn't on and when <laughs> we, were, right. we were we were talking and joking and i right. squeezed my thighs together <laughs> and the water goes <laughs> <laughs> and it went all over my crotch down to the back of my jeans and i was like uh brand new to uh i don't know anybody other than just meeting you guys and 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 sean the brie i was sitting next yeah, to sean, sean the brie yeah. uh who's an uh, amazing graphic artist that's in the xbox community so um i was super embarrassed and i had to i went out and i was like stuck my leg up on the uh, air dryer in the bathroom <laughs> you know it's funny because i remember that happening now and then i remember thinking because we were all in a tight group there in the seats and i was like where the hell did colt go and yeah i remember that now and there was like people who had to quick take a pee and i was in there like <laughs> so uh what a great time um and then they shuffled us into that event center and when you've watched E3 and you walk into that building and yeah. it is production level to the 10th degree, they had lights, the spotlights moving. They had um, LED lights that matched 
every game tone color. Yeah, so if it true. was if it was State of K two, it was all orange to match everything. Like it was incredible. And this screen that we're sitting in front of, it's like a seventy million inch screen at the highest quality. <laughs> I was I was in heaven. It was yeah. so cool. I couldn't believe there was those uh, three or four years uh, as a YouTuber where I'd sat in front of my computer and watched intently and recorded stuff and then wrote a video. And I got to sit there and just watch it. And I knew I wasn't making a video. I had already told myself, we're going to go to this event and have a good time and I'll report on it maybe when we get home from LA. So I was super, super happy to be there. And it was freaking awesome. It is something else when you're, uh, when you're in the show, um, because the first year, <clears throat> so the first year I went was prior 2018. Um, no, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I no, what did do- you, what, what did you wear in 2018? Cause you got to get to that part too, for this year or that, <laughs> oh, that next year. Yeah. yeah, yeah what did no, you wear I, the first year in 2018? Yeah. So the first year I wasn't really, I, I hadn't kind of built up much of an audience yet. You know, we, I was covering it for the site. Bert and I went, mm-hmm. um, the weird, the annoying thing was I got invited to the Xbox, um, show but he didn't so oh. so i got in and um you know i was sitting by myself i didn't know anyone in the show bert did, couldn't come in with me so i was sitting with just a random group of people and i was blown away because for me i followed e3 since i was a kid i mean ever since the stories of it you know and um it was kind of surreal to finally be in a show but going back to your point of like actually being in the conference in front of the screen seeing like keanu coming out oh my we gosh. were there i mean we were standing there you know, let's just pretend that that game came out and it was like a nine out of 10 across the board. Right. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm rocking. <laughs> I, I love, I love cyberpunk to death, by the way, the, I love the game regardless of everything people said, yeah, but when, too. when Keanu Reeves came out, like nobody, like that was like, de- that was like the super uh, G14 classified. Nobody knew he was coming <laughs> out. Knew. No, and when when you know how loud was when it, it when that smoke, right? Yeah, yeah, and you and couldn't the tell who it was. Open. It was just a silhouette, and then he walked out, and everyone because they just shown him where he pulled off his glasses. He said, "Wake up, samurai," with the f word, and yeah. then the smoke came out, and we were like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, yeah, it was, it was crazy. But the funniest part, like uh, people forget about that moment, is we were so loud, and everyone was yelling so much. We actually threw him off his game. Remember, he was oh, like, yeah. "He's like, hold on, man, I got to get this announcement out." Because <laughs> yeah, everyone uh, concentrated on the Europe breathtaking, which the, the Peter, Peter the leader Peter, guy yeah. that we got to meet uh, at E3, you might have met the year before. Yeah, uh, yeah he's yeah. always out front talking to everybody. But yeah, uh, Phil Spencer told Keanu, um, "I got to hear this story from <laughs> from him." He said, "We told Keanu." You're you're gonna come out and these guys are gonna knock you off your feet. He goes, yeah, 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 I know. I've been in front of. He goes, no, you don't understand. Like <laughs> gaming fans are a special kind of fan. Like they are going to go crazy. He goes, yeah, no, it's cool. And then when he came backstage, he goes, what the crap was that? <laughs> Those guys are crazy. So yeah, oh wow, it's such a great great experience. But that that speaks to the energy we're talking about, right? It, it's oh yeah, it you. While you can get excited, and I do, I watch every show, and I'm if I'm not there, obviously I'm in front of the theater here watching it and everything. But when you're there, it's completely different, completely different. Um, so yeah, just a fantastic experience. But um, I forget, I forget even how we got to that point now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that was the first. Was that the first day? 
Yeah, they they because they do theirs on Sunday before some of the other ones. Because I I know I don't think I was with you, but I know me and King and the Lords and and Bird and stuff. We were at Bethesda as well. Um, which yeah, is I kind didn't of go to that. Yeah, funny looking back on now. Uh, I went with PlayStation Bra, another another dude who's always there, great guy. Um, but yeah, it's just again the point remains, right? It's it's something special when you're there, and I hope. You know, we got the news last week that 2021 is uh, is uh, live shows canceled. Um, we'll see what they end up doing digitally. But, um, you know, hopefully- yeah, like what, you, what people don't understand was, you know, I flew we flew to L.A., hung out in L.A., got a hotel, went to restaurants, hung out with friends like it's just one excuse to not get to travel and go be somewhere. And the people who say who cares if E3 gets canceled, maybe they're the type of people who says, Oh, why go see an NFL game? And when you can just watch it from home, <laughs> True, it's not the same. Like no, it's not. you can, you can listen to music or watch a live video on YouTube of a band, but we go to a lot of concerts. Yeah. Uh, I probably been to probably, I don't know. I've probably been to 50, seen 50 bands live in concert. Um, it, there's nothing like being at an actual live event with all sure. the people there. And COVID has taken that reality and totally killed it yeah. uh, for the past year. And possibly in the near future, some of these type of events will never be the same way they were. Yeah. Think about uh, all the time. Like when we met at E3, like it was like, boom, hug and, and, yeah. and, and handshakes and high fives and, and yeah. put your arm around a, a buddy that and you, tens that you and get. tens of people, you know, getting together and just, yeah. 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 And, and then we go, of course you had the big Xbox show and then you go to the convention center, which is down the corner and that is packed sometimes yes. elbow to elbow with people. Sometimes it's not as thick, yeah. but like, will that ever be where we were walking through and there's the huge borderlands three, display oh, that thing was amazing just, wasn't it and yeah. then bethesda had their big display and you couldn't you couldn't even get in to play doom eternal because the line was so long sure. uh, there was a long line that would tell you you can't get into the long line <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it's it's something that i it's something really special that i hope comes back yeah it really is you know uh as we're talking about this i forgot to mention that you know this next segment will we have to be sponsored by bang Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. You put that down at the bottom. So, I'll probably uh, get copyrighted, but we'll try to ignore it. Well, you didn't put the, the TM, so you're good. That's true. That's so, true. So, uh, yeah. We, the very last day of E3, Ainsley, my wife, and I, and Bert were walking around the convention center one last time, and I was so worn out. I don't know if you were as tired. Oh, but yeah, I was, it was. It's exhausting. My wife wasn't even tired, but I was exhausted. And they had exhausted. they had these girls walking around in like what would you call like bikinis almost, like just basically, yeah, scantily dressed, giving out cold uh, bang energy drinks. And we were Which like, at the time, none of us had even like heard of. Was it a brand new drink? It was. We I made think the joke for of, like a because year. Now they're in. We joke that they're in like supermarkets. I had I never see seen that now. before. Now. Before that. Yeah, and they had uh, uh, they had some weird flavors like champagne mist or some weird thing, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> champagne but, rose or something. Remember how many of them we had in our bag? It's like, do you need another one of these? Yeah, the, like I mean, at that point, the convention center was like half emptied. Like most people yeah. had seen their fill, and they, and, and we were going to go home the next day. Yeah. So we had a couple armloads of you know two or three bangs each, and uh, <laughs> drinking. I'm like, I was starting to get numb. 
but yeah, that was a, that's yeah. a cool memory. Very it cool. is too funny. Every time I see one, dude, I just laugh. Like it, it, it just strikes me funny even after it's nearly been, believe it or not, two years. Right. Yeah. Since, uh, which is crazy to think. Um, but man, <laughs> so what, uh, what else, you know, you said you wanted to share a few of those memories. Are those the ones you want to tackle? Did you have something else you want that jumped out? Yeah. I mean, there was some things, I don't know if, uh, there was some things that are really cool for me. We went to a bar, um, like the first or second night, I think the second okay. night and a bunch of Microsoft Xbox people showed up and I got to meet some people that yeah. people don't know by name, but I think it was really cool to get to meet them. Like I met Carl Ledbetter. Okay. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. the guy that <laughs> he's the guy that invented this, the mouse scroll wheel. <laughs> That's awesome. Of course he's, he's, he made a whole bunch of stuff that Xbox uses. My screen just dimmed a little bit, yeah. but um, I don't know. I got to talk to James Shields. He's, James Shields. Uh, that was the head say. of the, of hardware. Yeah. Uh, accessories he's he's kind of moved up and around at xbox and yeah. um it's just that camaraderie the the xbox community is amazing yeah it um, really is it's like a it's like a it's hard to explain right it's almost like a kind of a brotherhood um yeah which is very i always find very interesting as much as i love everything there is something a little different about that community yeah yeah it's it was just a really good time and um I don't know. I, I was ready. I, I think I said this before the show. I was so nervous. I, I didn't really talk to as many people as I would have. Right. Um, I, I do have a cool story. Uh, the Fan Fest night when they let just the Xbox fans that had the, yeah. had the special pass go in. And we got to go up on the stage and play some of the games and fun. meet some of the people. Yeah, very fun. Um, I was in line with my wife to play Bleeding Edge, I think. Um, okay. And we were way back in the line and I was talking to these two guys that said, this is so crazy. They said that they put in for fan fest. The guy put in for fan fest. And he didn't think you would win it. And okay. then he gets an email saying you, you got fan fest. He's like, crap, I don't have money to go. Like he's, I got to fly from Australia to the States oh, and, right. and pay right, for right. all that. Yeah. And it was like 45 bucks per person that went to uh, the special charity. He's like, I don't really have the money, but, this is an opportunity. I got picked to go. So this guy from Australia told his best friend, Hey, do you want to go with me? And they scrounged up a bunch of their money and they went. And these two guys were like, they were like just all smiles. And my <laughs> wife and I were talking to them. I didn't know who they were. We were just talking and they didn't know who I was, but we talked for like 30 minutes while we we're waiting in line. And they were so grateful to be there. They were so excited. The smile didn't leave their face the whole time. They were in seventh heaven. It was worth the trip. And then I get home from E3 and I was tweeting about all the people I got to meet. And yeah. that guy from Australia goes, you were Colt Eastwood. I was talking to you. <laughs> like I I've been following you. And I thought, Oh, it's so cool that I get to just talk to these gaming people that freaking love games as much as I do. I, I it is awesome so when cool. you see that kind of positivity, because um, again, we've, we've touched on it a few times, right. But it's easy to be critical. Um, and it's, it's easy to kind of blow some of these things off, but there is a, there is a special aspect to this. Um, in fact, I was just pulling up as you were talking, pull up a couple of pictures. Like here's one. I know we've shared a bunch of times, but you and I just running into Tim Schaefer, you know, <laughs> I and love... I made the dumbest face ever. Well, no, thinking. I mean, that's perfect. Like you're like, <laughs> like, is this, is this real? Like check this out. <laughs> He was just standing there with a bunch of people from Double Fine, literally yep. waiting to go into a restaurant, you know, around the corner. 
Um, yeah. And we just ran into him and said, hey, man, big fan. Can we get a pick? And he's just like, yeah, of course. You with your uh, Sea of Thieves bag. Like, we know, had that, so much stuff. We'd just gone through the mixer booth and uh, right. check that out. Mixer's gone. Yeah. We hung out in there and we played Gears High, uh, Gears High Busters. We did before call it, it came the, out. Yep. Yeah, we did. Um, by the way, we mentioned Sean Labrie. That's uh, oh yeah, that's that night too. And uh, Bill Stillwell, another legend, yep. um, who's yep. actually at Oculus now, um, but he's still very much involved in the conversations around. And then uh, Rod Ferguson, of course, who uh, yep, you know, is um, uh, what do you call it at uh, Blizzard at, now with Diablo, yeah. right? So, yeah, it was with Coalition. So we were outside the theater. That yeah, I was trying to find as many night? pics as I could just find on my desktop. Was it right the now. second night? Yeah, but. Craig Duncan came out who runs yes. rare for sea of thieves and we got to meet him and I had him <laughs> that was at fan fest actually when I got Craig Duncan to sign this little paper bag where one of the hors d'oeuvres was in so I <laughs> ate one of the hors d'oeuvres and I, I had that in my pocket because I didn't have a garbage can by me and I'm like can you sign this and he took like a little golf pencil and he signed it <laughs> you and, still have uh, it I sent it to Zocker 87 who's like the biggest sea of yeah. thieves fan ever oh, I sent okay. him th- that and a couple other things that were see it these related so cool. uh yeah we got to meet it was just i don't know it's so cool we're such nerds that we are i saw yeah, Pete I mean, Hines crossing the road uh across the road from the convention center yeah Pete i gotta Hines, i gotta pick with pete yeah who's the community manager for bethesda games for anybody who doesn't know him by name he's the he's a cool looking dude i saw him he's just walking by himself like drinking water and he's got a backpack full of stuff i'm like hey pete and he turns around <laughs> and i'm like hey a quick picture buddy and he's like, oh gosh, I'm not famous. But you know, to me, he is because he's pushed forward, you know, Fallout and and machine games with the Wolfenstein games. And yeah, it's so cool, man. Yeah, I've got a I bunch know. of those pictures like in my library. Yeah, I I only have some on here, but there's there's so many people, right? Like Bonnie Ross from 343, of course, is there, and Kiki yep. Wolf Kill, uh Chris yep. Charla, who runs ID at Xbox, uh Money Rumble, of course, Chris, who runs uh Fan Fest. I mean you just get to kind of interact with all those people. Of course, like Greenberg, um, you know, Phil was there. And, uh, you know, um, the, I think the only person who didn't come to FanFest that night was Major Nelson. He had something else that came up that night, and he wasn't at that. I heard he was really super, super sick. There was something that, that happened, yeah, and he didn't. Because he would have shown up uh, in the waiting room, the waiting theater, before we went into the big show, yeah. and he wasn't there. And someone said, I heard he was feeling really crummy. Yeah, uh, That guy's, like, uh, at everything. Um, that reminded me of another, oh yeah. So after the show wrapped the big E3 briefing and they showed all the games and everything, everybody kind of rushed up front to talk to the, some of the executives and Aaron and I've been talking behind the scenes a little bit. And I created a, I created a a studios graphic with all the characters and he had them put on t-shirts in, oh, that's right. Uh, in, that's right. Yeah. In, I think it was at the end of 2018. So I'd had him put on t-shirts and he he emailed me one day um right toward the beginning of 2019 he's like can you send me that graphic but small enough to fit on a onesie <laughs> and i'm like a baby onesie he's like yeah and i go okay i can do that i'm like i thought it was funny cuz he doesn't realize i could just send him the graphic and the 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 company would just shrink it down sure. but i mean i did it for him cuz you know Aaron Greenberg asked so after the show wrapped for the big E3 conference i went up and and Aaron recognized me. He's like, Colt! And, and we talked and hugged. And he goes, I have to introduce you to someone. He took me over to Matt Booty. Yeah. And he goes, Matt, this is the guy that made the graphic for your... I remember ba- that. I was, I was standing like Were a couple you there feet with me? from you. Yeah, I remember that. 
Yeah. Oh That's my awesome. gosh. I thought that was so freaking cool. So he goes, oh, oh, and he pulls out his phone and he pulls up the picture of his baby <laughs> wearing that graphic. Oh man. And it reminds me of the old days when my kids were little. That's long gone. <laughs> yeah. Me as well. Me as well. I was joking with someone the other day. My stepdaughter is 28. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what does that make you? 72? <laughs> no, feel like it sometimes, but not quite. Not quite. But yeah, it, it I think these experiences, you know, that we're kind of talking about, it's just, uh, it not only talks about E3, but certain aspects like uh, uh, Aaron's a good example of just that really, really just enjoys the gaming community. Yeah. Um, and that's one of those aspects is I've, I've said it many times. One of the things I wish Nintendo and PlayStation for that matter did better was have more of a focused uh, out front interacting with their fans because Xbox does it extremely well. Some argue Xbox does it too much. Um, and you can have that debate if you want, but uh, you know, I, I just, it's nice seeing the constant, constant interaction um, and support for the people who support them. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's different. Um, some of the, a lot of the people at Xbox are pretty out front on social media. So yeah. You'll hear them uh, explain things or give feedback or share things from creators. And it's really cool. It's really cool. They they work on E3 as soon as it wraps. Yeah. It's a year I, long. It's a cycle. Yeah. I yeah. watched a behind the scenes video for the 2019, the one that we are talking about. And yeah, they said they pretty much start planning as soon as it's wrapped. So it's a lot of work and a lot of people that we'll never meet that do all that stuff. So I think it's super important. And um, I'm glad at least they're trying to stream the event live. But it, the reality is that these publishers and developers are doing a really good job sharing their own content yeah. like they did last year. Um, that sucks because that gives an excuse <laughs> not to hold the event. And they do pay a lot of money just to be on the E3 platform. Yeah. Yep. So, darn. like, Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I think you said it earlier. It's hard to imagine a time next year or beyond where it ever kind of goes back to the way it was, right? Yeah. Not not just E3, many things, but I think E3 in particular is we'll see how this year goes because this year they're trying to structure it more like a digital version of the the live show, meaning that it's three days planned. There's a, a preview week for media, um, but then it's three days centered. But to your point, when you have the publishers, like whether you're, xbox playstation ubisoft you know whoever right when they can put on their own show and generate tens and tens of millions of views without any extra cost um or without all the effort of dealing with the esa it kind of makes it a hard sell you know yeah and um those of us who work from home i work from home for my full-time job doing things over the internet has its own challenges but overall i just think it's easier i hate i hate that that's the truth because it's going to take <laughs> away some some of the things that we love but if you think about the logistics of e3 if if e3 2021 means that they build a visual media structure of how they're going to present and then they reach out to all the partners involved and say send us your game presentations or send us your developer interviews and you have like this certain uh, time slot that we're going to fit you in. And then a, a team for E3 sits on their computer and, and puts this timeline together for a live upstream. It's easier than getting on stage, having the lights sound and synced and, and production manager telling you ready 
and go like all that stuff that happens behind the scenes. Like that's an orchestrated event that takes so many people and E3 can happen the same way without walking up on stage. Cause when you think about it, uh, a small percentage are there at the event. Everyone else is watching it from home. So not a whole lot has to change. So if the, if E3, if the E3 board can lower the entry costs for these developers and publishers to get involved and get everyone to say, Hey, it's E3. We gotta, we gotta make our contribution and show our stuff at E3. Even if we want to do our own thing, we got to at least go where everyone's funneling in. Then E3 will thrive until we can get to a point where we can pack up the, uh, the underground parking garage was one of the places we waited to go in the first day. where Where did you wait? We're yeah, no, separated. no, that, that's a pretty common thing, yeah, to get an E3. In fact, 2019 was better because it was the first time that Season Gaming got kind of full media access. Yes. risen to that level, finally. 2018, the first year we went, this is a true story, and it doesn't get talked about enough. Bert and I still laugh about it. 2018, we weren't media. We were just uh, part of the gaming community, basically, that got into mm-hmm. E3, right? So we're, we're lined up in a parking garage, and... Bert and I have these little backpacks because we have camera and a few other things for coverage, obviously. Mm-hmm. And to cut the, it was about a, I'm not, not even joking. This debate went on with security for probably 20 minutes to where they and we were yelling in front of they all the other want, people. They didn't want you in with your backpacks. No, but wh- here, here's what's so funny. It's like, <laughs> you're not media. You can't bring these things in and your bag has to be so small or whatever. It was stupid, right? There was a rule. It couldn't. I couldn't have couldn't have a backpack. There's a guy standing next to me with a goddamn duffel bag, right? It's like this, this is the best. Big, I love this. This big of stuff, right? Bert has a backpack. I'm not joking. It's one of those mini media backpacks, right? Uh-huh. And the guy, after all this debate and argument, security guard comes back the head. We had already asked for the head of the security guard. He comes back and he goes, there's just a mandate in the rules. You cannot have a double strap backpack. And Bert's like, what do you mean double strap? That guy's carrying a duffel bag. With and he's straps. like, you can't have two straps. And Bert's like, you're telling me that if I take the same bag and cut <laughs> one of the damn shoulder straps off of it, I can get in. And the guy said, yes. And me and Bert were like, give us a knife. And we literally, <laughs> both of us, cut one of our backpack straps off our each of our backpacks. Same Just exact one of bag, them? same content, and walked in holding it over one arm. Oh, that my gosh. A, that's that how is, stupid it gets sometimes at these events. That is so funny. It's, it's so funny. He's like, give me a knife. I mean, that could have been the whole reason why they didn't want to let you in in the first place. Ridiculous. You're like, let me take the machete out of this, and I'll cut a strap. <laughs> <Yes. off." laughs> yeah. And it's not even like, I'm telling you, we were carrying a few portable cameras, lights, you know, minor yeah. stuff for content. And it's just like, what What do you think we're doing? Well, you help, you help my wife get in with her backpack. We did. You told us that story while we were waiting outside, and you said. Oh, give it because we were media. Yeah. Yeah, if yeah. you're media, they don't even look at you. You go so in. So you different... put the backpack on your shoulder. We walked through the double doors, and you said, "Here," and you gave it back to her. <laughs> yeah, because we knew what she was about to get assaulted with with these freaking guards. And I was like, yeah. "I've got the media badge. Just give it to me." But you know, uh, for those who don't go, like it's such a chill thing. Like when you're in the convention center, it's packed full of people. Everyone's super cool, like yes. waving, smiling. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's uh, fighting over console wars. Like I went over and hung out in the PlayStation area and 
so they were showing like persona uh royal edition and judgment and stuff and yeah i saw some stuff that i hadn't seen a whole lot of and people just they're so happy to be there it's such yes. a chill cool place yeah it kind of brings it back down to where um it should always be in theory right it's just an appreciation yeah. for the art the industry the games the creators etc so it's awesome yeah yeah so um yeah, man. So we, we've talked about, you know, kind of your channel, your history with it, some of the events and good times we've had the last, which I hope we can uh, start to relive again next year. I guess we'll yeah. see. Um, but what's uh, what's next for you, man? I mean, obviously, uh, the growth has been amazing and uh, you've you've gotten to a place now that at least a few years ago, you never even imagined. I don't think that you. Would oh, be at. no, there's no way. Like yeah. uh, if somebody would have told me that I that I'd be able to talk to you like Phil or Aaron or uh, do some of this stuff or have, you know, do an interview with Jason Ronald or yep. an interview with major Nelson. Like there's no way, like I've worked really hard uh, to, to hone the craft that I have with graphics and, and the marketing stuff and really tried to make my YouTube channel the best I can make it. I'm just really super grateful. I've had these opportunities and, the next thing that I am working on is I started to be on camera more. Yeah. And one of the things that I would like to do is I'm going to start shopping for a camera and a light. Um, right now I have a, just a regular HD camera clipped onto my TV so I can talk to you and, and yeah. other people. And I really like that. I no longer feel like I have to hide behind a, a disembodied voice uh, <laughs> on this microphone. Um, I feel comfortable with the things I've done and I blocked enough people who are absolutely horrible that I'm okay. Having my face out there. It really, that, that really is a, uh, something you have to think about when you get a certain amount of people who, you know, ride your case and stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I'm no, I have absolutely no qualms about that anymore. So I would like to do an occasional interview and make a production video where I'm talking to someone that works in the industry on camera. Cool. But I'd also like to be on camera a little bit in my videos. Um, I know some people do videos where they talk the whole time on camera and yeah. show a little bit of clip. That's how, this, that's how this started, actually, is me talking on camera about things with, a, you know, kind of some footage on the side. Yeah, like you've yeah. done like the news thing. Like you've, yeah, yeah, I've exactly. Watched stuff with, when you do the, the news panel up here on the, on the side. Yeah. Uh, I would like to do something where I'm on, a, on camera occasionally, like maybe 10% of the time and the rest of the time is all the rest of the production. Just kind of get people to relate to who I am when I'm talking yeah. um, because I'm having so much fun doing this channel. It really has changed my life. And uh, it's funny when I think about buying an Xbox console it was kind of uh, worked into a life changing thing. And I don't know how long we'll be able to do stuff like this, hmm. but I want to have as much fun as I can while I, while I'm, while I can. Yeah. I don't blame you. Um, you know, it's uh I made a comment last week uh, on Twitter that kind of blew up about, um, you know, just taking note. You're often it's the old adage of you're often in the good times and you don't realize they're the good times until they're. Yes. Gone. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and I feel like for a lot of us, um, you know, I don't know about you. We joke about being older now, um, but I feel better and more confident and I enjoy what I'm doing now than I ever have. Um, yeah. yeah. I just love it. Yeah, I do. I, I I've grown a lot of confidence in a lot of different ways. I've I've been in in a couple different bands as a lead singer, so I've been out in front of like nice. fifty or a few, couple hundred people, yeah. and that's great. Um, 
but it was it's funny that I was nervous in front of a group of people that were just standing on a sidewalk and that dissolved away pretty quickly once we got in just started meeting everybody took group pictures of people that I didn't know who were in the group picture when we took it yeah and then I go I back I'm like oh my gosh I, I got to meet all these people <laughs> yeah that's it's really been very cool and um I just want to be able to do that more um, yeah I always say like what you said it so perfectly when you said the good old days could be now until they're gone. I always like say, what if now is the good old days? Yeah. Like we have exactly. to pay attention exactly. because I, I've said that so many times, like, Oh, the good old days were this or good old days are that. And there's times where I said, you know, right now could be the good old days. And then I look back, I'm like, yeah, they were like, so yeah. I feel fortunate that my life is almost always been pretty good. We always have those times when we deal with really difficult, uh, tragedies or difficult things that happen in our lives and yep. right now we're dealing with things that are difficult and the world is a difficult place but the gaming community and playing games is such a great escape yes and to be on podcasts and to be on a show like this and talk about like two things that we love the most <laughs> is creating content yeah. playing games and then throw in talking to the people that uh, love games as much as we do yeah it means a lot to me yeah, I like it. I, I remember when we were first, uh, I, I like, obviously, the message. Uh, completely agree. But I, I, what I was saying I like is your idea of uh, starting to be on camera a little more in your videos. Um, I think that's a good idea, at least from my perspective, because I like your concept of getting to know people and letting people, the community who does truly appreciate what you do, get to know you more, right? Um, because I know... For a while there, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know we talked previously about you. You know, there's a long time there where you were never on camera. Oh, now it wasn't until like a few like months recently, ago. right? Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's great, man. Um, you know, I, I love to see it, and I think, uh, yeah, I, if if I can understand the hesitation given, you know, some of the people we've talked about, but uh, it's I I think it's great. So uh, all the best. <laughs> I think right it now. it means a lot because there are people that I see in my comment section or that respond to tweets or I talk to you on Twitter or on YouTube comments that I've talked to a lot. And I feel like I kind of know those people, even if we've never talked outside sure. of just replies. Right. So a connected internet socially means that it's so crazy because you, you feel like you get to know someone like, it's I'm really into music and you feel like you get to know band members because you've read all their history <laughs> yes. or you listen to the songs and you make, you connect the dots about yeah. what they're going through or what their life is like. And so you feel like you kind of know someone. And I think if I'm on camera just a little bit, someone who feels like they know me a little bit feels like they know me a little bit better. And I think it's really easy to hide behind an avatar and make an insult to someone's content or some opinion or some information they shared uh, but if you, if you show your face, it takes the anonymity away yeah. and then you watch someone who's on camera. Um, yeah, I think it changes things a little bit. Yeah. That's not why I would do it, but I just feel like I've earned enough of what I've done where I should be okay to be on camera a little bit and talk to people and talk about gaming like this with a camera on me. Yeah. No, I, think I think it would great, be man. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, and I completely agree with the, what you said there as well. I mean, the methodology of it and it's, it's humanizing, right? It yeah. humanizes because there are so many 
personas um, online uh, that we have to deal with. And it's nice when you can humanize them and put a real person and face and family and everything that goes along with that um, behind that online profile that you think you know so well. Right? Mm-hmm. So, well, cool, man. It's been, uh, it's been an awesome conversation, man. It's, you know, what, what, uh, is there anything kind of coming up near future, anything you want to shout out? Uh, obviously I, I say this to a lot of people I have on, you know, anyone who watches my content already knows who you are. So it's not, they're not discovering you per se, but anything you want to shout out to, you know, um, who people are going to tune in or listen to this? Um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> There's so many people. Um, I, I talked about how much I've worked to get to where I am. And I've also kind of touched on the people who have helped me get to where I am. Uh, I mean, if I started trying to name who that is, but they're close <laughs> friends that I talk to every day that have either helped me through difficult uh, feedback and, and criticism and then there are friends of mine who have just con- continually encouraged me to keep doing what I'm doing. And, you know, when things are, are down here, they're up here. Um, I work with the RDX podcast. I've been a member of Dealers Podcast. It's every Tuesday for four years almost. And um, those... Man, time flies. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> and uh, we've, had a, we've had Luca in there, a, a girl in there. Those people have been part of everything that has helped me grow and learn. And I've been on other podcasts that have taught me, we talked about game on daily. They're another really big supporter and I'm a big supporter of them. They're really super talented and uh, they teach me like Asa will correct me because he's so smart. He'll say, well, actually Colt, this is, this works. (laughs) Asa is really sharp. Yeah. Cause he's, he's, um, he's just a matter of fact. He's very very quiet and reserved, very, very smart very respectful and when he speaks i listen yeah so yeah there's just great people in this community that i've seen a picture of them and then i got to meet them and uh it's i just i have to thank all of them like you talked about sean Labrie. yeah uh we made a couple jokes back and forth and we we connected on mutual things that we liked and he responded one day with a gif do we just become just best friends <laughs> yeah. yep from from stepbrothers yeah and uh little things like that grow. And then I actually get to meet him in person at, at fan fest. Like there's just great people in the community. I have to thank all of them for everybody who shared my videos and, and uh, just told me I did a great job. Like that really means a lot. I think we live in a, we live in a, uh, a type of environment where we watch really great content. And if it's, you know, on YouTube, we might hit like, but we'll, we'll go back and get, man, that was really great. And then we'll go uh, have a snack. And then sometimes we'll hit a like button, we'll share it, and we'll comment and say, man, this was really cool. And people like us that create content, like that does not go unnoticed for no. sure. I mean, I make sure I like and love those comments and I try to reply to them because that stuff makes uh, – it's such a motivation to us. And th- a lot of this conversation is about the content. And I know people d- watch us for the news. They want to hear about – what's coming, why stuff is the way it is. Yeah. And we wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have like that motivation from the people that watch. It does mean a lot. Very true. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're spot on about, um, it's not why we do it. Um, but it is a motivator with, you know, 100%. I mean, if I, you know, if I publish an article or something and, uh, someone reaches out to me or I get a DMs, you Mm -hmm. know, from people and I've, I've published some kind of 
tough topic stuff, right? Or yeah, yeah, the one you did a week stuff. ago about your yeah, family. yeah, yeah. And there, there's been there's been some stuff, but people reach out in DMs, and, and you know, some of the stuff the community has reached out to me, it's just incredible. And I'm sure if it's the same for you. It just really, really kind of touches me that there's uh, it's the good and in, in good and the good in the gaming community. Excuse me. So, yeah, and it really does. It strengthens. Uh, it's not just a motiv- motivator; like it strengthens you. Like when yeah. you write a tough article, or you write something where you poured a lot of research into it. If it's if it's not personal, it's more tech related. And someone reached out and said, "Hey, this was really informative." It it strengthens a bond with you and the people that you're reaching. That you're making a difference, or that people got a great benefit out of something that you worked hard on. It yeah. really it really means a lot. Yeah, and I could. God, I could go off on a tangent, but I feel it's worth calling out here. Uh, even though we were kind of doing a shout out is, um, you know, part of the reason I uh, and I've mentioned this before, of course, but I have to thank someone like Tim, um, because when I first got on Twitter and I first started writing kind of bigger articles for my site to get it more well known, uh, I did a couple kind of deep dives on Xbox. Again, hardware, infrastructure, where they were mm-hmm. headed, et cetera. And Tim um picked up on it and you know he's been a huge support every time i publish a big article he's like man you got to listen to ainsley you know yep. he's one of the best writers of xbox out there you know i don't write often about it but he's like every time he told me at e3 in 2019 he's like you know you only write an article like once a year he's like but uh he's like when you do drop it he's like i'm it's the first thing i do he's like and uh i you know he introduced me or got me more well known um to a lot of people um, that might not, it might not have spread the way it did if it wasn't for him. So those yeah, types of things help. Yeah. Tim dog is amazing. Tim and I were talking in, um, holiday of 2018. He's like, Colt, you're going to E3. And I thought, <laughs> I mean, think about it in 2018, I was at like 50,000 subscribers and okay. I had made some connections with a few industry people. And I talked to Aaron Greenberg and he shared a couple of things of mine. Yeah. And Tim said, you're going to go to E3 and we're going to get you into FanFest. I thought, it's so funny because when I think about it, I, I was like, Tim, I really appreciate it, but I don't think it's possible. And he's like, no, you're going. Like, it's going to happen. And he's he's so amazing. Uh, he just kind of like talked to me. He's like, you know, you need to reach out and they know who you are and you're going to go. And, and it all worked its way out. And Tim, he's such a good supporter. He's, he's yeah. so great. And he loves he loves this gaming so much and he loves the community and he re- he really gives people a hard time who don't like xbox he'll just yeah, uh i'm aware he'll yeah he'll he'll make those guys run around in circles and jog a little bit and work up a sweat and uh you know kind of chew up their energy a little bit you know so uh <laughs> oh, man know. um yeah. So anyway, I mean, there's, as you said, there's a lot of people to thank. It's uh it's a kind of a, a big community and um, really appreciate just the conversation and the camaraderie and, um, you know, getting to know everyone. I think uh, mm-hmm. it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. I, I, in my opinion, I know we're still live, but you know, I need to talk to you more. Um, I yeah. could use some of your insight on some things. I know you've helped me with a couple like thumbnails and stuff in the past. Um, I kind of got away from, personal youtube stuff you know because i'm so focused on the site itself um, yeah yeah but uh yeah man i it's uh it's always a pleasure talking with you i know we always have a laugh and uh good conversation so thanks for taking the time out and uh sitting here with me oh yeah it's been so fun i really appreciate it we should talk way more often yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so we'll do that but um so thanks again man uh we'll make sure to uh this won't be the last time we speak 
for sure. Uh, in this, <laughs> in this, uh, in this format, I mean, we'll we'll revisit this uh, in the future. So, uh, for anyone tuning in later, or if you're listening to this on our podcast services, uh, that was industry perspectives with myself, of course, Ainsley Bowden, and Mr. Colt Eastwood. Obviously, uh, all of the information for his channel. Not that you don't know who he is, but it'll be in the description. You can find it anyway. So, thank you for tuning in. Until next time.